We're talking by with Peter Lavinia, who is a co-chair of the Green Party of New York State. And recently, the United States Supreme Court refused to hear an appeal of a decision by the Green Party and the Libertarians challenging the rules in New York State that basically makes it fairly impossible for uh, third parties that are not associated with the Democrats or Republicans to maintain ballot status. So. Peter, can you bring us up to date? What, what is the problem that the Green Party and Libertarians were, were, were challenging? So back in 2020, Andrew Cuomo and the New York State Legislature changed um, two, two things, honestly. Um, one was uh, how to get and maintain ballot status as a party. And the other was um, what happens if you lose that status in terms of the uh, signatures you need. And what we were challenging this time uh, working its way through the courts was uh, the fact that the threshold that they've set, which is either 2% of the vote for uh, governor or president um, every two years or 130,000 votes, whichever one is higher, um, is an extraordinarily difficult threshold. Uh, it's one of the most difficult in the nation. And it was deliberately set that high uh, by Andrew Cuomo on the legislature to make sure that parties like the Green Party and the Libertarians and any other potential um, independent um, new uh, parties uh, don't make it or, or retain the ballot line. Um, so we've been uh, kind of, we, we tried to fight that in the legislature. Um, we're still hoping that we can get a bill introduced to change that um, to something much better. Um, but until now, we've been working in coalition on this, just this one issue uh, with the libertarians to try to get the courts to see that that's uh, an, an unfair burden on us and also that you know, New York State acted wrongly in an act. Now, I, I, I saw from a, a press release that the United States Supreme Court has actually rejected all such petitions, um, basically challenging lower court decisions that have been filed by minor parties and independent candidates on, on, on ballot access for 32 years now. So it does seem like the Supreme Court is uh, not particularly interested in protecting the rights of third parties in the United States. Uh, and also it's, it, it appears likely that New York will be the only state in the nation where the only candidates on the ballot will be um, you know, the Democrat and Republican nominees. It will appear on probably the Working Families Party line and the Conservative Party line, but New York is unique and it allows fusion where you can run a more one ballot line. What, what does this say about uh, the status of democracy in the United States and the willingness of the courts to uh, actually stand up for democracy? I don't think we have a democracy in, in this country. I think we have um, an oligarchy. Uh, I think it's it's run by the Democratic and Republican parties. Um, I think that you see this with uh, various, various ballot access laws that make it very difficult for us uh, as third parties to get in and maintain ballot access. Um, our election system, which privileges um, you know, the incumbent parties and the campaign finance system that privileges money and kind of capitalist interests uh, in buying the vote. Um, so I don't, I don't think that it says anything good about our democracy. I think that the you know kind of the signature requirement now is 45,000 signatures in 42 days which is uh, essentially the most stringent in the nation here in New York to get back on the ballot which means you really need about 90,000 signatures here in New York given how litigious the parties can be at trying to kick us off the ballot um they've also scheduled that for the spring when it's almost impossible especially across New York uh, to see large crowds of people outside to get them to sign 
Um, so they, they've essentially uh, eliminated democratic choice here in New York. And in, in a lot of places around the country, um, that, that kind of access is getting worse, whether it's in democratic or republican. You know, I, I read someplace that the uh, ballot access laws for statewide third party candidates in New York are literally now the worst in the entire world. There does seem to be perhaps a city of Moscow in Russia uh, has a similar type of uh, you know, anti-democratic <laughs> law, but uh, it, it, it's also in, in, in Moscow that uh, is it, so anti-third um, party. Now, one of the things was also because uh, Senator Schumer um, was trying to grab some votes, uh, he he moved the uh, some of the timelines related to making sure that um, the military overseas were able to cast their votes in a timely fashion. And one of the things it did was it moved the uh, New York state primaries used to be after Labor Day in September, and now it's in June. But that also means that it moves the petitioning period to qualify from statewide ballot from doing it during the summer to, you know, now doing it in, in March and, and April and, and May. What, what are, you know, besides being 45,000 signatures or something in, in 42 days, what are some of the other problems associated with trying to petition in late winter, early spring to get on the ballot? You know, I'll talk about this in contrast with what it used to be. Back in the 2000s, we lost ballot status for about eight years under the old rules. Um, you'd only have to get 15,000 signatures over 42 days. And we had to do that in June, uh, uh, in July and August, essentially. Um, and during those times, there's a lot of people out. It's warm in New York State. There's a lot of festivals where we can go and we can get signatures. When you're talking about the late winter, early spring, those festivals don't exist. Um, people don't want to come out, especially in, in times of COVID. Um, you know, it's it's more difficult to get people to even answer the door. So um, the the structural hurdles of collecting petitions in upstate New York, especially, but even downstate when it's very cold and there's not a lot going on outside. Um, it's it's just extraordinarily difficult. Now, the the Green Party nationally is still planning to run a, a presidential candidate. Um, Green Party like the other parties, you know, have a, you know, primary process, which doesn't actually take place until I think, you know, late mid, 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 mid summer. Um, but um, I understand that Cornell West uh, is one of the people seeking the Green Party nomination. You know, would it be possible for somebody like Cornell to, given his name recognition, and I think some of the polls he's at as high as 5%, is it, would it be possible for somebody like Cornell to actually qualify to be on the ballot? And how does that impact upon the Green Party since Cornell has a petition in New York way before the National Party selects a candidate? Um, I think Dr. West has as good a chance as anyone um, on the Green Party ballot to to get on. I think, you know, even more so, he he's a known name, he's a respected name. Um, he's a committed uh, leftist. Um, and and I, th I think that, you know, Cornell uh, speaks what a lot of people are feeling about the, the two party system, about capitalism, um, about about socialism and, and the need for an alternative. Um, and, and, and in the Green Party, I think he's found that alternative. And so I think that, um, you know, it's it's possible for someone of Dr. West stature, it's going to be very difficult. And unfortunately, it's going to cost a lot of money for whatever campaign that wants to do it. Um, uh, but I think that that Dr. West would probably have the best chance um, of any of, of the candidates that are running right now for the Green nomination. 
So we only have about a little less than two minutes left. Uh, it appears that Dem Democrats almost undoubtedly are nominating, um, who's that guy, Biden. And uh, the Republicans, certainly in the polls, it, it's Donald Trump, unless he's you know sent to jail or <laughs> otherwise barred by the law for, yeah. for running. With a Trump-Biden you know, race, you know, what would be missing that the Green Party would be trying to raise in the last 90 seconds? Uh, 90 seconds is is not a lot of time. But, you know, I mean, look, um, we're seeing the effects of, uh, you know, catastrophic climate change um, over the last few years. I mean, this year has been, you know, the warmest year on record. Last year was the warmest year on record before that. Um, floods, uh, right? You know, you look at what happened uh, in New York over the weekend. I mean, these are things that that, you know, Joe Biden and Donald Trump are certainly not going to talk about. They're not going to talk about um, the need to transition away from uh, dirty fossil fuels uh, into a clean, renewable economy um, to to have a, a democratically planned economy um, where people it's about it's about people and about planetary sustainability. Um, you know, the Green Party is, is the only party talking about these things, but also single payer health care. We just went through a pandemic. Um, nobody's talking about socialized medicine. I mean, the Democrats backed away from it to the extent they were ever talking about it on the national level. I mean, it just kind of disappeared in a puff of smoke when we needed the most in, uh, during COVID. Um, you know, they're not talking about, you know, living wage jobs. I think that, you know, Biden's appearance on that picket line in Michigan, um, it, this was uh, because, you know, Trump was showing up. Um, Ten seconds. Desperately needs those votes. Um, so, I, you know, I, I think... Um, I think labor, I think healthcare, I think I think climate change and and a whole host of other issues. Uh, you need the Greens on the stage. Peter Levine, Green Party of, of New York State, uh, gpny.org. And this has been Mark Dunley for the Hudson Mohawk Magazine.